just a little heads up. So this is Jehoshaphat is the king. What a great name, huh? Have you ever heard of the term jumping Jehoshaphat? This is where it comes from, okay? So Jehoshaphat was king, and he became a king at a young age. But anyway, a host, two, like two different armies come against them. They joined hands. Maybe it was three of them. And they come and they join hands, and they're going to attack the nation of Israel. And so this is, this is what Jehoshaphat did. It said, meanwhile, all of Judah stood before the Lord. So there, Jehoshaphat declared a fast and prayer for the whole nation. And they've, do, they've been doing this. And then he called them together because they're under attack. These three armies are going to come and just wipe them out. And they are way outnumbered, right? So here, here it is. He says, meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord, their little ones, their wives, and their children. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, son of Jael, son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph. So long line of, in the, in the lineage of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. So he's in the middle of them all, and he says, Listen, all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the, and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but God's. So pay attention to that, right? He says, tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeruel. And you will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. Woo! They, King Jehoshaphat didn't know what to do, so he cried out. I mean, they looked, and if you go on and read the rest of the story, it's crazy. But that, that next day, when they went out, God confused the three armies and they attacked each other. And every single one of the soldiers died. And they went out and they picked up all the goods. <laughs> they got all the M&Ms they ever wanted. They were there. I mean, that, that's what happened. I mean, it said they went out and they just picked it up off the ground. Everybody was dead. I mean, it was cool, right? So, but, but the thing that I want you to hear from this is the battle belongs to the Lord. It's not your battle. You just need to know that. It's not your battle. How many times have you thought, I'm in a battle? I mean, I have. I've been in it. And, and, and it sucks. I want to read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. You want to pull that up? So it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil 
in the heavenly places. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as, as the shoes for your feet, having, which is the prep, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, having quiet feet, that is, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Woo! The battle's not yours. It's the Lord's. But the Lord tell, calls you. Hey, ladies, how's it going? Hi, Bailey. Hi, Riley. How you doing? Good. Jada, how you doing? Good. Are you listening? Nice. Thank you. Thank you. The battle is not yours. But God has given you some armor. He tells you, that we don't wrestle. Whenever we're in a struggle, we start looking around like, what's the problem? What have I done wrong? What are all these things that's happening around me? Um, God says that there's a, there's a horde of unheavenly host that's after you. You just need to know, when you're in a struggle, the enemy's present. The Bible says that he's come to kill, to steal, and destroy. It says that he's, he's roaming around like a lion, a lion, seeking whom he can destroy. It's craziness. It's craziness. And the reason why I'm sharing this, guys, is I, I just got done reading the book of Job. Any guys ever read the book of Job? A few of you? Nice. Nice. Awesome. The book of Job is a crazy book. It just is. I, you know, when I, when, I, when I read it, every time I read it, and I've, I've read the book of Job 25 times, it's like, ew. it's hard to read. It's hard to read. It, it starts good, but it's just hard to read. And, and the book of Job is, Job starts out, right? He, he starts out, that, that here's this guy, his name's Job, and he is the richest man in the world. I mean, he has all these camels, all these donkeys, all these sheep. He's, he's got lots. I mean, it's like thousands. You know, he's got a lot of animals, more than anybody owns. And, and he has ever before him. Yeah. Maybe there's been some after him, but they were worth a lot back then. So hold on, CJ. So yes, God blessed him with them. And so the, the thing about it is, is that he had so much and because God loved him and God blessed him because God was so proud of Job that it says in the beginning that all the angels had to come before roll call in heaven, including the fallen angels, 
which included Satan. And as Satan comes up for, for roll call, God says to him, hey, where you been? <laughs> I mean, I'm like, what? And he said, what you been doing? Kind of thing. And he says, I've been roaming around the world. I'm just going up to and fro across the world, just going around. And, and God said to him, have you seen my servant Job? He's a righteous man. So that's what God said to him. I'm like, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'd like to think that maybe God would say that about me. I mean, I would love to know that that's what God said about me. That's a righteous man. And I would hope God would say that about you guys, right? And that's kind of why I'm sharing this. Because I know that right now, every single one of you guys are in a struggle of some type. And so that's why I'm sharing this. Because God said that to Satan. And Satan said, well, God, if you took away all that he has, he'll curse you to your face. That's what he's going to do, because that's what they all do. And God said, okay, go ahead, take all that he has. Believe Job alone. Yeah. And, and so it doesn't say God went out and took all these things away even though we like to try to blame God or people like to try to blame God. But it says that the devil did. His, he and his enemies went out and they, they, they put different situations in. Somebody came and stole all the sheep and somebody took all the camels. And, and, they, and, and each time they killed everybody, all the people that were watching them, except for one person who came back to Job. And one after another, they came to Job and said... All of these things are gone. And then finally, one of them came. Hey, hey, I need your eyes. Don't disrupt. Please, this is important. It's always important when we're talking about God. Because God loves you. And, and so, yeah, he loves you, CJ. Yeah. And so, when, when this happened... Somebody comes and says, hey, all of your sons and daughters, who, by the way, every time there was a birthday, one of the sons and daughters, they had to get together, and they partied. And every time they did, Job would come before the Lord and say, God, if they've sinned against you in any way, please forgive them. He, he just, he, he, he laid it out. He prayed for his kids all the time. But this whirlwind came, it says, and pulled out all four corners of this house, and it collapsed on all of his children. He had six sons and three daughters. No, nine sons and, and three daughters. There was 12 of them. And they all died. And the guy escaped, and he came and told them. And basically, you know, Job's world fell down around him. And Job, Job basically put on sackcloth and ashes, and, and he bowed before the Lord, and he said, the Lord gives... And the Lord takes away. But in him, I will trust. Yeah. I mean, your heart breaks for Job. Breaks for his family. Breaks for his wife. I mean, it was a hard thing. But the reason why I'm sharing this is because sometimes things happen to us. And sometimes we do things that cause bad things to happen to us. On, and, and it's our fault. Sometimes that happens, right? 
Yeah, you steal a car and get in a car wreck and you go to jail and you hurt, some, you know, things. That's putting it on yourself, okay? But if bad things happen and you didn't do anything and you don't have any reason, any, you don't know how it happened, this might be what's happened. And I believe that's why God put this story in the Bible for us. It's not just a story, it happened. It truly happened to Job. And... And so he said, in him I will trust. And so it's awesome. So God has the angels come back in to the throne room again. <laughs> and Satan comes too. And he says, hey, Satan, what have you been up to? <laughs> it's crazy, right? Um, and he says, I've been, yeah, I, I, I've been going around the world, walking around, going to and for, across, you know. And he said, hey, if, you seen my servant Job, isn't he righteous? <laughs> and he said, yeah, but he still has his health. If you take his health from him, he'll curse you. Yeah, yeah. Twice. So, so you know, then... God says, okay, go do it, but you can't take his life. And when you read it, what happened to him was so horrible. I mean, he had sores all over his body, in his eyes, in his nose, and in his mouth, and all over his whole body. I mean, it was gross. And, and he had broken pieces of pottery that he would pick the pus out of. I'm, you know, when you read it, it's like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. It's disgusting. And Job put on sackcloth and ashes. And he got down on his hands and knees and he said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. In him I will trust. Just crazy. I mean, how many of us can say we've, we've done that? When, no. when somebody stole our bike. Not you know, or, or if, I mean... When, when we get in a car wreck and it's not your fault and somebody hits you, do you get mad and angry and get mad at them? Or, you know, when, when things happen to you, somebody steals your book or your homework assignment or trips you or something, do you get mad, you know? Or do you say, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. In him I will trust. That's what Job did. And that's why God was proud of him. Um, it's crazy. It was... Job's sitting there, right? And his three best friends in the world came. And they saw him. They heard about him. And they came and they sat down with him. They sat down with him for seven days. And nobody said a word for seven days. Could you imagine not saying a word for seven days? doesn't say they ate. I don't know. It doesn't say. It just says they came and sat with Job for seven days and never said a word. And then Job finally broke the silence. And if you want to hear it, you're going to have to go read it because it's long. And, and there's a discord back and forth. And in the end, God comes. He never says to Job why it happened to him. But he says, you know, I'm sovereign. Here's what I've done. Do you know these things? If, you've, if you have never read it, you need to read it because 
It's inspiring. <laughs> For one, you get to see, you get to hear about, and when it talks about the behemoth, some versions say that's a hippopotamus. No. It's, it's a dinosaur that has a tail as big as a cedar tree. So it's not a hippopotamus. And when it talks about the Leviathan, it's not talking about a crocodile because a crocodile doesn't throw flames of fire. It's a dragon, okay? So if you want to get the right interpretation, know that. But, but it's a crazy letter, crazy book, but it happened. And Job couldn't understand, and God never told him why. But, but it happened. And what I, what I want to tell you is Jesus said in John 16, 33, he said, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. You will have trouble. Things are going to be hard, he said. But take heart. I've overcome the world. That's Jesus' promise. He gives you that. He, he, he's going to help you to go through these things. Um, John 10.10 says, I, I already spoke this, but it says, The thief only comes to steal and to kill and destroy. I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. That's kind of why our church is called Abundant Life, because we can have abundant life through Christ. Even though the enemies tried to come and steal and to kill and destroy, God has come to give us hope, to give us a future, to give us life. Um, James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So when you're tempted, when bad things happen, don't, don't blame God. Don't turn to the devil. Resist him. Resist what's going on, he says, and he has to flee. He has to, because he can't sit and watch. When you start talking about the blood of Jesus, he's, he's got to go. Trust him. First um, John 4, 4 says, I love this verse. I love this verse. This is one of the first verses I taught my kids when they were little. He says, little children. <laughs> and he's talking to me. He's, ta you know, he's talking to you. He's talking to Isaac, because Isaac needs to hear this tonight. Little children. <laughs> Smile, how you doing? <laughs> you are from God and overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he is in the world. You have authority as a believer to say to anything that's harassing you or putting you down, hey, you got to get out of here. You got to leave me alone. I am, I am property of Jesus. You have authority because of, not because of who you are. Well, no, it is because of who you are, <laughs> because you're a child of God. Because he's in you. He, he reigns in you. Not because of your, you by yourself, but by the blood of Jesus. You have that authority. Um, Second Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5 says this. For though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised up against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. I, I, I memorized that in a different way. 
we're destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God and we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And, and what he's saying is, is that though we live in the world, it's not the flesh that rules us. It's, it's the spiritual. It's, it's the prayer. It's, it's the blood of Christ. It's how we overcome. We gotta, we gotta put scripture in our hearts. Guys, if, if you haven't been, hey, how, how many guys have memorized scripture? How many of you young people? How many of you young people have memorized scripture? I'm talking, talking teenagers. How's that? How many of you memorize scripture? Sarah, have you memorized some? You're trying to put your hand up or you know? She's saying no or yes. The most important thing you can do is put the God, God's word in your heart. You have to memorize it. You have to. If you don't, you don't have anything to, to share. When, when Jesus was tempted by the devil, he shared God's word with the devil. He rebuked him with God's word. And if Jesus had to do it, we have to do it. So you have to get it in your heart. If you don't, it's going to be hard. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have hard battles. It's not your battle, but you can overcome it by the, by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of his testimony. That's how you overcome. And you have to get it in your heart. You have to. Tim, you have to start memorizing. You have to start memorizing God's word. You didn't raise your hand, so I'm going to call you out, man. Did you raise your hand? Okay, good. It, the word of God is powerful. It's powerful. It's to tear down. The verse I just read, it's to tear down strongholds, strongholds in your life, strongholds of the devil. I'm telling you. Um, I got a little verses I want to share, but some of you guys are falling asleep on me. I'm losing you. And I don't, I don't want to lose you. I don't want to lose you, man. It's, I, I just know we're in a battle. We're in a battle. And, and I don't know if you guys were here Sunday, but we just had somebody share a prophecy that... It's going to be hard. The enemy's going to come after us. You're going to have to, you're going to have to make a choice. Am I, going to, am I going to believe in Jesus? Am I going to trust him? Am I going to confess him before the world? Or am I going to be conformed to the world? Because the world wants to conform you. Jada, how are you doing? Are you embarrassed? I'm, I'm embarrassed for you. I'm just telling you, this world's going to get hard. It's going to get hard. I mean, the verses I read in Revelation tells me it's going to get bad. It's going to get ugly. You've got to be covered by the blood. His children, his children 
will be protected. But if you're not one of his children, it's going to be hard. I'm just telling you. If you haven't put Jesus at the top of your life, it's going to get hard. Uh, he promised it. Let me read a couple more. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9 says, Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. He's looking to devour somebody. He says, resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the whole world. You know, every single one of the disciples of Jesus, except for John, died a martyr death. But they tried to kill John. They poured burning oil over him, and he lived. That's, that's, what, that's what it says. But, I mean, they lived, when, when things get hard, because it was hard there, we've lived a pretty protected life here in America. We've been, but there's places all over the world that Christians are dying every day. Did you guys know that? I mean, Isaac shared with us last year about the voice of the martyrs. The last two years, right? And, and uh, there's people every day that have to make a choice. Do I trust Jesus? Is he going to help me? He loves you. But you're going you're gonna to have to tell, you're going to have to test, you're going to have to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Or, you know, and, and he says that if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my father. So you have to confess him. When you're in that place, you have to confess him. And you got you to gotta get your faith strong. I'm serious. I wouldn't share this if I wasn't serious about it. It's, it's important. Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed, and you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication from me declares the Lord. Nothing can harm you if you trust him. Do you hear me? Nothing. Nothing. Memorize that verse. So when you're in the midst of it, you can trust him. Uh, he, he promises. His word never fails. Zechariah 4, 6 says, Not by And he said to me, This is the word of the Lord. To Zerubbabel, Not by might nor by power, but my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Somebody's excited. I'm excited. Did you hear that? It's not by power or might, but by his spirit. That's how you're gonna that's how you're gonna make it. Second Thessalonians 3:3. 3, 3. But the Lord is faithful, he will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And I'm gonna read you one more. Luke 10, 19. This is what Jesus said. Am I going too fast? You were doing so well. Oh, okay. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. I mean, I, I love when I read 
Paul was, I mean, he was shipwrecked twice. He got 39 lashes three times. You know, this guy was stoned and left for dead. He was a missionary. He was a man that Jesus chose personally to go to all the nations and to share God's hope. And here's Paul. He decides, I'm, I'm going, I'm giving it up, man. I'm, I'm going to Jerusalem and they're going to kill me. But they can't kill me yet because I'm going, I'm going to Rome. And they, they take him and he goes and, I mean, they're ready to riot. I mean, they got him. They're going to, but Paul cries out, you know, I'm a Roman. <laughs> and the Romans protected him. And then they, they put him in safety. And there was like 400 guys that made, that made a vow to not eat or drink anything until Paul was killed. <laughs> and God protected him. I, it never tells us if they died or not, or if they, kept, they held through. But we just know Paul didn't get killed. But the crazy thing is, is Paul goes on this ship, and they're taking him. They got all these soldiers with him. They're protecting him, and they're taking Paul to Rome, right? And they get shipwrecked, right? The ship goes down. Paul tells him, hey, we're going to live. Just throw everything overboard, and we'll, we'll live. We'll get to the shore. We'll be, everybody will be fine. Not one person's going to die. And nobody died. They, they got dumped into the Mediterranean Sea, and they all made it to shore safely. And they're on this island, I guess, and uh, <laughs> a poisonous snake, an asp, I think it is, bit Paul in the hand. And all the people who were there were like, shh, here's this criminal. He escapes the sea and the snake bites him when he gets on the shore. Surely he's going to die. But you know what? He didn't die. God protected him. Just crazy. And so, so then they thought he was God, and they bowed to him. And Paul says, hey, don't, don't bow to me. I'm not God. <laughs> but God's with me. <sighs> Guys, it's, you're in a battle for your souls, for your friends' souls, for your family's souls, your brothers, your sisters, your moms, your dads your teachers, you're in a battle. I'm just telling you, if you trust God, if you put his word in your heart, and you trust him, you let him do the battle, you don't have to defend yourself. You don't have to yell at people. <laughs> I know it's easy to. I like to. But I know that's not what God wants me to do. So, that's my heart for you. I know for me, I've been in lots of battles. And every time I was in a battle, I, I just remember my wife coming up to me. Probably, I was been in ministry 10 years, full-time ministry, and she came up to me and said, I don't think I love you anymore. Huh? You know? I've been married for 20, 20 years about that time. Yeah. And, and my wife said, and I'm in full-time ministry, and, and I know for me, 
I knew that I had to put my faith in action. I knew that that wasn't from God, that was from the enemy. And uh, I had neglected my wife. I prayed about it. I asked, you know, when, when, when the Bible, when, when, when somebody tells you something, you need to listen. Because <laughs> the Bible says only a fool <laughs> despises instruction. When somebody comes to you and tells you something, you need to listen to it. You need to ask God, what do I need to do from this? What do I need to get out of this? And for me, I ask God, God, help me. I don't, I don't know how to deal with this. This is hard. And, and you know what happened? God told me to love my wife. So lay your life down for her. Yeah, imagine. Oh, epiphany. Imagine that. Because I started really reading God's word more and deeper and praying through it. And uh, I spent a lot of time at Jesus' feet. And, and I fell in love with my wife. And I, I, I just loved her. I was patient. And my wife loves me more now than she ever has because I saw that I was in a battle. And this wasn't my battle. It was the Lord's, and I needed to trust him. I needed to just trust him and pray. And, and I, I promise you, I mean, that was, the, that was one of the hardest things I've been through in my life. And God is faithful. He loves you guys. And I know you guys have been through some hard things. I know. I've, I've lost my parents. My parents divorced when I was in high school. I, I know what it's like to be rejected. I went through the windshield of a car when I was five years old. I mean, I know what it's like to have a hard life. I mean, I lost a sister. I got a brother who was, went to the lighthouse program. He, he escaped prison, but he should have been there. You know, um, my brother was a drug dealer. He was a bad kid bad guy. I have a brother-in-law who went to prison, my sister's wife, you know, so I've experienced a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, a lot of shame, but God has always gone through it with me. He didn't take it away. (laughs) He walked through it with me, and he will walk through your sufferings, but you got to put on the armor. You got to put on the armor. You got to put God's word in your heart so you can get through, because that's what I did. I put God's word in my heart. When, when that happened with my wife, I knew that, I was in, that, that the enemy was after this. I knew that he was behind it. And uh, I just needed to love my wife. <laughs> so that's, what I'm, that's all I got. But let's, let's pray. Father God, I just lift up all the young people that are here tonight. Lord, I know they're going through hard things. I know that anxiety is hard and it's present. And I know depression's hard and it's present. But God, you have given them a way of escape. And I pray the blood of Jesus over them. I pray that they would recognize the battle, that they're being accused by Satan, but you love them. And God, help them to trust you. Help them to cry out to you. Help them to to look to you in the midst of their battle, in the midst of their struggles, and watch your salvation go before them. God, I, I know that you love them. I know, Jesus, you died for them. I know, Spirit, you want to fill them. And I pray for each one of them that they would 
they would trust you and they would be filled by you, Spirit, and that you would speak to their hearts and that you'd strengthen them and give them courage, that you'd give them boldness to overcome the world by, by your blood, Jesus. God, I just lift them up and thank you for the opportunity to share these things to them tonight. And I pray that they would pray about them and that they would sink in and they, they, would, they would glean something from this tonight. I just pray the armor over them, Father, that you'd help them put on their armor every day. And I pray that you would, you would help them to learn to love. love. Love those around them. Like you called us to do. To love. Love our enemies. Love believers. Love those that are in our lives. And Lord, there's sometimes there's people that are hard to love, but you love them more than we do and help us to love them. God, I just lift them up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys.